This, this sermon is titled, The Importance of Being a Godly Father. But I also want to make it clear that this message is for everyone. Um, the biblical principles that I'll be speaking of apply to men and women and everyone. So don't tune out if you're not a dad. Um, um, let me start. Um, first, a little bit about myself and the reason uh, I wanted to preach on this topic. My own personal back. <clears throat> Background. So I grew up in a house with a father did, that did not know God. It was not a godly father. Uh, my parents were divorced when I was very young. Me and my two siblings at that time uh, suffered through a lot of difficulties and problems due to um, the situation that we grew up in. Uh, my parents throughout the years did remain amicable for our sake and we even got together for holidays sometimes. Um, but it was not a healthy upbringing. Um, and the bottom line really was the consistency and stability that children need was not there for us. It was absent. Uh, the godly father was absent. I needed a godly father, and I did not have one. When I met my wife, Barbara, who's in the nursery today, I got to meet Bruno, her father. And really had a big contrast of what a godly father and a godly family looked like, a Christian family. Um, so that this, this message is important to me. Yeah, we have a great need for godly fathers, always have and always will. So it's an important subject. Um, somebody smart once said that a child is much like, less likely to find a father in God unless he finds something of God in his or her father. A child is much less likely to find the Father in God unless he, unless he finds something of God in his or her father. So I have two kind of cute stories, but with poignant uh, messages that they have in them. One of them is, a teacher asked her preschool class to draw a picture of what God looks like. Toward the end of the class, they all were excited to show their work. They came up, and a lot of the pictures had rainbows and men with big hands and men in clouds, and one student came up and said, here's my picture, and it was a man with a suit and a tie on. And she said, I don't know what God looks like, so I just drew my daddy instead. Yeah, I wish that was my story, but that, was, <laughs> what an awesome responsibility. Wouldn't it be wonderful if all of our children could think of their fathers in that way? And the second one, that it's important for children to see their father model God's love in marriage and family living. So it's a story of a little girl's first day at school, teachers making out a registration card. She asked the class to give their father's name. The little girl says, his name is Daddy. And the teacher said, yes, I know he's your daddy, but what name does your mother call him? The little girl looked at the teacher surprised and said, she doesn't call him any name, she likes him. That's good. So the point here would be wonderful if all our children could see that kind of love modeled in dad and mom in just that way. So the question today is, how can I be a godly father? We're going to look at the book of Joshua. Joshua was a man who committed his family to the Lord. We're going to look at four attributes that Joshua lived out that as fathers we can incorporate in our own lives. We're going to see that Joshua was a father of separation, a father of dedication, a father of inspiration, and a father of application. 
So Joshua gives us a good prototype to strive for to be a godly father. So Joshua 24.15 reads, And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm sure you've seen that on doormats and on framed in people's houses. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Um, first point is that J- Joshua was a father of separation. Joshua knew that many families had begun to worship other gods, the gods of Ur, of Egypt, the Ammonites, the Canaanites were popular in the land, and he knew that people, families were allowing these gods, this worship of these gods, to enter into their homes. Joshua spoke in no uncertain, ter- uncertain terms concerning his position on this issue. He called people to put away these idols. In fact, in the verse in 24:14, he tells them just that. He also told them no matter what they were going to do, he was going no matter what they did, he was going to worship the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua was going to separate himself from the popular culture of the day. It didn't mean he was going to go live in a cave or seclude himself or not have anything to do with them. It meant he was not going to give in to the values and ideas that society was espousing at that time. Even if people spoke negative about him or some people thought he looked foolish, he was going to serve the Lord. Now, this is a choice that we all have even today. We can seek to blend in with the crowd, or we can stand for the Lord no matter what the cause or the cost is. And the choice is very important for everyone, especially fathers. We need to separate ourselves from the world's values, must not not allow the current culture to dictate our beliefs. God's word must be the thing that drives our beliefs and our actions. And this can take courage. This separation at times can take courage. Joshua had the courage to do what was right. In first first chapter, Joshua chapter 1, verses 6, 7, and 9, three times the Lord tells Joshua to be strong and courageous. And that is our heart cry today. Fathers, be of good courage. Have the fortitude to stand faithfully for God in what a lot of times we see as a godless world. Like Joshua, whatever personal struggles we face, whatever battles loom in our lives, we can be strong and have courage, not because we're inherently brave, but because as believers, our courage is rooted in God's word and his unchanging promises. So part of being a godly father is to have that strong foundation in the Lord, is to separate ourselves from our culture and have the courage to to stand for the Lord. Our second point is that Joshua was a father of dedication. It takes dedication to be a father, the father our our children need and deserve. It calls for a deep, deep commitment to God's ideals for fatherhood. Every man here today ought to desire to have a level of dedication necessary to be the father God desires us to be. And I broke this down into three subparts, the heart, the home, and our hands. The heart, the private matter. Joshua 22, 4-5 reads, And now the Lord your God has given rest to your brothers as he promised them. 
Therefore turn and go to your tents in the land where your possession lies, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. Only be very careful to observe the commandment and the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, to love the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and to cling to him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Joshua told these men, these dads, to serve the Lord with all their hearts. He blessed them, he sent them away, and he sent them home to their own tents, their own homes. And he put an emphasis on the heart, on loving God and obeying him. That's because Joshua knew how important the heart is, and that real commitment always starts in the heart. Every person who was saved, every person who has trusted Jesus for salvation, did so from their heart. Christ died for you, he rose for you, he intercedes for you, and he's coming to take you home. He wants your heart. There may be someone here today, a father or anyone here today, who has never trusted Christ to be your savior. Salvation is not gained by work. It is not earned by anything you and I can do. Salvation is made possible by the sacrificial love of Jesus, revealed at Calvary where he died for your sins, for our sins. He gave you his heart, And he asks for your heart in return. So if you don't know Jesus, let today be that day that you give him your life and your heart. Dedication is also the second sub-point, a parental matter, at home. Notice that Joshua sent the men home. He told them to go home and be careful to love the Lord. How we act in our homes will determine the kind of men we really are. Our children see us when we're home with our guards lowered. We must be careful to keep our commitment to God, our wives, and our children strong at home. What we say and do at home will say much more to our children how we act even in church around other Christians. The way we treat their mom will say more than how we smile and shake hands with folks at church on Sunday. Amen? Amen. And thirdly, it's a public matter, what we do with our hands. We must be careful to obey and let others see our commitment at work. We must never be ashamed of the Lord. As we work with our hands, whether it's with a hammer, with a Bible, with a computer keyboard, we're really revealing what kind of men we actually are. Just as devotion as a father must start in the heart and show up as a priority at home, it will fail if we do not guard our hands once we are away from home. Our commitment needs to be made known in public. Josh, you give me a glass of water. Our third point is that Joshua was a father of inspiration. You know, I looked up, there were so many stats of how many more women are in church than men, and unfortunately how many dads stay home, men stay home. They all had like different percentages, one-third or 40-something percent. But it, uh, I think we know that in all our churches across the country, um, there are more women than men, um, and the dads are at home a lot of the times. So inspiration, fathers must be an inspiration to the family in terms of their devotion to the Lord. Your children will remember that dad was sitting beside them in church, praying with them, and bringing them water. See? <laughs> nice. Praying with them, singing with them, 
So dads, ask yourself this question. Can my children see that my faith is real in the way I live, the way I study God's word, the way I love their mother, the way I worship with them in church, the way I love them? They must see our love for the Lord in the way we love them. So where did Joshua get his love? Joshua loved the Lord because he had been loved by the Lord. He was delivered out of Egypt by the power of God. Joshua was kept in the wilderness by the grace of God, and he was victorious over Jericho by the hand of God. All was due to the love of God. Joshua's authority did not come from his position as a father, but from his passion as one loved by his father above. Having received great love, Joshua knew how to give love. So men were to love our God, were to love our wives, were to love our children. Joshua loved his family and intended to inspire them to know and have God's best. And that brings us to our, our last point. We must be fathers of application. So the key word in the ver- our verse 2415, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going to look at the word serve there. The word serve is used in the Old Testament at times to describe the priest who served at the tent of meeting, the tabernacle, and later at the temple. We must serve God in his house here at church as well as our own homes. Though Joshua was a great military leader with great national responsibilities, he did not shirk his family responsibilities. He was able to govern the whole nation because he was able to govern his home well. This word serve also involves work. It was also used for tilling the ground. It was hard work in those days to till the ground. Oxen were used to pull plows, which had to be handled by men. It took great strength to hold on to a plow. Jesus in Luke 9.62 said, No man having put his hand to the plow when looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So we're not to look back. We're to resolve to serve the Lord in every aspect of our life. We must be strong for the Lord. We must be steadfast. We must pray. We must give. We must attend. And we must work in God's kingdom. We must love our children, understand our children, listen to our children, spend time with our children, and most importantly, point our children to the Lord. In conclusion, if I polled men across the country and asked them, what is a great man? What, what does that look like? Many would probably say some sports hero or maybe a power broker or a financial mogul. But we know that real heroic men are those who faithfully take out the garbage at home, help the children with their homework, consistently lead their family in prayer and Bible study. That is the kind of fathers we need to be and can be if we'll either commit or recommit our lives to the Lord and go home and serve him faithfully. Remember how good God has been to us and let us renew our commitment to him. So we've seen that Joshua was a father of separation, dedication, inspiration, and application. Joshua gives us a a great prototype, an example of what attributes you will see in a godly father. Joshua was not ashamed of his commitment, and he was not ashamed of his love for God, and he was not ashamed to admit to his family all that he believed about his faith. So let each of us men boldly honor the Lord with a new and deeper commitment as men of God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the example of Joshua and how he lived for you and how he served you, served his family. 
was a true man of God. Lord, help us to commit our lives to you. Help us to look at these attributes. Help us to honor you, dear God, with our hearts, with our hands, with all that we do. Help us to lead our kids to you if they don't know you yet. And if they do know you, help us to strengthen that foundation by praying with them and Bible studies and just the example that we set living our lives, honoring you, dear God. We thank you on this Father's Day for all the fathers. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.